hockey world. What is up? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. I'm your host, Norman James. Thank you so much for being aboard for this episode. It's going to be a good one. Mike Ajello standing by. He and I are going to talk about someone we believe is really the most important piece to this Leafs puzzle that could potentially configure to become a champion real soon. Number 34, Austin Matthews. We've been John Tavares heavy in terms of our content over the past month. Before that, it was Jake Gardner-centric. Now we hone in on Austin Matthews. Reports indicate he and the Leafs are in negotiations on a contract extension. This is fantastic news, right? On so many levels. Mike's ready to go. You're ready to go. I'm ready to go. What do you say? Let's pod. The Leafs convo starts right now. And here he is, our good friend from Cheektawaga, New York, the one and only Mike Ogello. Hello, sir. Good morning, Norman. How are you? Not too bad. So reports indicate that the Leafs and Austin Matthews are in discussion over a contract extension for Mr. 34. I'm not very surprised by it. Are you? No, not at all. Um, I think it's smart to be proactive when it comes to getting – uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner signed to long-term extensions. It's just, not, just now a question for me is what form does this extension take? I mean, I would assume they want to get them locked up for as long as possible. And obviously if they're talking now, they want to get them locked up before the beginning of the regular season, because if he scores another 45 or 50 goals, you know, that just raises the, the price. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a good proactive move by Kyle Dubas and, um, I would think if they're starting negotiations now, even though Austin Matthews said there was no rush, I would think that they'd probably want to get a deal agreed upon before the beginning of the regular season. Why wouldn't he? Don't you think that John Tavares taking a haircut financially to come to Toronto at this point in his career is an indicator to Austin Matthews to get off his ass and start to make something work with the organization? Don't you think that Tavares's move influenced Austin Matthews move in this case? I, I think it's possible. I think it's basically a measuring, it could be used as a measuring stick in terms of what uh, Matthews will get paid. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it's a, it was free agency, and you know when you're in a free agency situation, people get overpaid. But sure. the name of is Tavares, as we know, could have taken $13 million from San Jose and took 11 to come home and play for Toronto. Um, I mean, Matthews is going to be looking, and this is where, like I said, I think the only suspense is when it comes to Matthews. He's going to get a long-term deal, but is it going to be the eight-year deal like Jack Eichel signed in Buffalo, mm -hmm. who is a who was a year older, or at least was drafted in the previous draft, or is it going to be like John Tavares, Stamkos? Kane and Taves took out of their ELC, which was a five-year deal, which would make uh, Matthews uh, basically, I think he would be 26 or 27 when that deal expired. And it would basically he could get another eight-year deal as Kane and Taves and uh, Stamkos and you know, Tavares got seven, but they all got long-term extension. So they may want to take, it's basically an extended bridge. Would they, would he want to do that? Or does he want the eight years? And that's where I think the interest in terms of where it goes lies. This is the Leafs combo, Norman James in London, Ontario, Mike Agello in Cheektowaga, New York. Please like, and subscribe to our YouTube page. We're growing every single day. Is this just about dollars and cents, Mike, or is it John Tavares is willing to, join the Toronto Maple Leafs, put his money where his mouth is, and help 
augment this group towards a Stanley Cup. Austin Matthews has to see that and say, look, I'm going to get paid, and I'm at a point in my career right now where I'm thinking of making as much money as I possibly can. But here's one of the best players in the game coming to Toronto to commit to this program that we all believe is going to be successful ultimately. I want to be here too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say it's all about money, but I think money and how much you make per year is a sort of a reflection of respect and your, your mm-hmm. position in the league. So I don't think that, you know, in any scenario, Austin Matthews is taking less than Jack Eichel is taking because Jack Eichel's two, now three years in the league are, are not up to par with Austin Matthews no. two years in the league. So I think it's, he, you know, if he puts up a 50 goal season this year, which is not out of the realm of possibility because he scored 40 in his rookie year and he would have, you know, he averaged out to 40 in his sophomore year in spite of having three injuries. Um, if he scores 50, then, you know, he's up in McDavid territory. But the th- I think the thing is right now, you know, if you sign him early without that third year there, you can say, okay, well, we'll give you more than Eichel. We're not going to give you as much as McDavid. And if, you know, if he takes 11 million or 11.25 or something like that on an eight year deal, I, I think that's a good deal for the Leafs and a great deal for Matthew. So I think that that would be the compromise. I just think that the possibility of that five year deal, you know, and remember, Stamkos, five year, I think he hit, took seven and a half. Um, on that uh, that that extended mm-hmm. deal, I think that was the same amount as as Kane and Taves. Uh, Tavares was five point five or five point seven five. So you know we're taught we're we're talking probably saving a couple million, but I think the Leafs would give up that couple million to get him locked up for an additional two or three years. Are you happy to see a or at least get a sense of a cohesiveness among these young superstars? With the Maple Leafs, again, I'll go back to the point that John Tavares could have gone to a, a multitude of places and made more money. He chose to return home to Toronto to help take this team to the next level. Austin Matthews has to see that and say, look, this is this is essentially my team, and here's one of the best players in the league coming to join me and Mitch mm-hmm. and Willie and Jake and Freddie and whomever. Uh, that makes me feel good. Now it's my turn to respond with a good-natured, um, uh, good-willed negotiation um, approach to an extension. And the fact that Austin Matthews is publicly saying that things are in the process, I mean, that's, that's good news, Mike. And we, we know how much bad news has surrounded this team for decades. Well, this is just, it, this is just more – but to me, it just seems like it's, it's, it's good news. And within the confines of that click – of that team culture uh, to, to have the, the, this cohesiveness and, and this easiness at this point right now is a, is a really good sign considering there are going to be some bumps along the road going forward. Well, yeah, when you compare it, and I wrote something about this on Hockey Buzz uh, earlier this week about the inherent instability and dysfunction of more than half of the Canadian franchises. In yeah. the I mean, you know, Right now, and believe me, the Leafs have Leafs fans have dealt with enough of dis, enough dysfunction in the 51 years since they've won their last Stanley Cup between Ballard and mm-hmm. all the general managers and coaches and players and every you know thing that's happened. It's nice for a change to see like sure. other fan bases deal with that. So, I mean, yes, I think that getting Matthews locked up and avoiding any kind of you know contract 
you know, hold out or any kind of angst is a good thing. And it doesn't sound like he wants to, uh, you know, go down that road. Now, Mitch Marner, on the other hand, you know, I've heard like things like he's going to go through the third year of his entry level deal. And if he does what a lot of people think he's going to do, which is playing on Tavares's right wing. Oh boy. Scoring 80, 85. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's the, but this is the problem here. It's like the winger. He's a great winger. He's an unbelievable playmaker. He's probably, you know, one. He's he's going to be when he reaches his prime. Want to probably be one of the top ten players in the league. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he will be. But the thing is, he's a winger, and the Leafs cannot pay him anywhere close to what Tavares and Matthews make, and that could be a bone of contention if he puts up a big year next year. He's going to expect to get paid eight, eight and a half, and I don't know. If they, I, they probably can't do that so he might go bridge deal you never know yeah. you're gonna have to cross many bridges of contention have you visited the bridges of contention mike it's beautiful this time no i but i have watched the bridge over the river quad <laughs> no uh you're you're right you're, you're just gonna have to cross these bridges when, when you when you uh when you encounter them and when you're ready to 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 deal with crossing them it's it's not going to be easy but at the end of the day I think this, the step, uh, the, the massive step, the courage that John Tavares showed in choosing Toronto for, for as many reasons as he chose, and, and those are the, the same reasons he chose to come to Toronto are the reasons he could have chosen not to come to Toronto. So he, this guy shows courage in, in joining this young, eclectic, vibrant, uh, talented, tenacious group. And I think he set in motion a, a real confidence and, and a real willingness to to enhance and strengthen this core that is the Toronto Maple Leafs this team Mike has a chance this the, as the way it's constructed right now with a few additions has a chance to win not only a Stanley Cup but several Stanley Cups over the next bunch of, of NHL seasons and these guys know it clearly there's a there could be a time in their careers Mitch Marner William Nylander I mean even Austin Matthews I don't know even John Tavares at some point where they may end up going somewhere else. But at, at hopefully at, at that juncture, they will be able to look back and say over a six, seven-year period with the Maple Leafs, they were able to uh, end, end the Stanley Cup futility and uh, win a couple of cups, get some rings, and become immortal uh, as Toronto Maple Leafs. This is the Leafs combo, Norman James, along with Mike Ogiello. What... Other than the, the housekeeping that is the, the, mm -hmm. Ma the, the Austin Matthews contract extension, hopefully that can get done. Mm -hmm. what, what else? I mean, here we are. We're, all, we're approaching August, Mike, about eight weeks, and we're talking about uh, training camp. I mean, time flies, man. What? Five, what else? What, what five, five weeks until the rookie tournament, six weeks until training camp. Oh, I know you have it marked off on your calendar. Do you have a little, <laughs> advent, you have a little advent calendar that just – no, I just have a paper calendar. I'm an old school. I can just flip through. Hey, it's six weeks. You know, there, yeah. Mike, there's nothing wrong with being old school. I've been listening to a lot of Howard Stern lately. And, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to that guy because I want to learn how to be, become better as an interviewer and be able to craft my, my questions uh, more concisely and, and just get into deeper conversation. Because, Mike, I know you're just such a deep person and I'm trying to unpack <laughs> and unpeel the layers of Mike Ogiello. Um But, but I, I'm, I'm finding out these guys who are you know, ahead of the curve in, in, in media and, and just these guys are the influencers. A lot of these guys are just really old school in what they do. And I'm, I'm trying to peel back myself 
and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull off Twitter a little bit. Um, I, I find that it's become it's just become a hangout a hangout for adults, and I've, it's been ten years now, and I, I really don't find to to get I don't get too much out of it other than just being able to communicate people with people about what we're doing on our podcast. But I digress. The question I wanted to get to is. What what else are the Leafs trying to do right now? I mean, is it just a sor- sort of maybe um, Kyle Dubas goes and hits Muskoka, puts his feet up, and keeps his phone on vibrate, and if something happens, something happens? Well, I mean, right now, it seems to be like, like this week, one of the guys who I thought might be an option in terms of a, you know, a veteran ad, a free agent, since they have, you know, they're going to have a ton of cap space, um, was a guy like Dan Hamus, and he signed a two-year deal with Nashville, so... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically it sounds like he's going to be a bottom pairing guy for them. And if they end up trading Ryan Ellis before the deadline, he could, you know, he could step in and move into a top four role, but there's really nothing in terms of in free agency that's going to improve the Leafs unless, you know, they want a veteran on the bottom pairing, you know, who's better, who has more, you know, more everything than, than they thought Roman Polak had left. And that's possible. I mean, there's Kevin Biaxa, there's Tobias Enstrom, there are a few other guys out there, but I illustrated this in uh, a article that uh, I wrote a couple days ago was, uh, and Martin Durkles, who was, I think is still a, pretty decent prospect even though you know he played in the ECHL last year now he was a third over a third round pick of Mark from from Mark Hunter's regime in 2015 had a couple good years in the queue um has always impressed me at at rookie tournaments and training camp um I think he's got the speed to play in the NHL but he signed an AHL contract out, out coming out of junior played mostly in Orlando last year in the ECHL and now uh uh for hockey buzz, our KHL insider Avis Kilnans um, was stating that uh, Durkles might go play in the KHL with uh, the team based in Latvia, where he's from. And if he stays there long enough, the Leafs basically lose his rights. Now, you know, they they had a one of their defensemen from 2017, one of their draft picks, uh, Emily Rassinen, who played in Kingston. He's going over to play with Jokerit in the KHL, but they retain his rights for three years, and it was only a two-year deal in Jokerit. So him going over there and letting him develop, that's fine. If Durkles doesn't get an entry-level contract from the Leafs and he goes over to the KHL, they may lose his rights. They may never see him again. He may, he may mm-hmm. be you know, go play with another NHL team. I still think he's a legitimate NHL prospect, but this is the dilemma that they have with right now 47 going on 48 contracts with Nylander's uh, deal uh, still up there. You know, they don't have a lot of wiggle room, and I Mm. continue to say they need to make a two or three for one deal to get a defenseman, and that would help out their, their contract situation too, but easier said than done. They must pay these KHL players with suitcases full of cash. I don't know why, uh, under any circumstance, anybody from outside of Russia would want to play in the KHL. And I'm not disparaging the the hardworking people of that league. It's just we know Russia can just be a a real pear-shaped mess at times, and it's just it's insane. But, you know, uh, guys are looking for opportunities, and if the cash is guaranteed – all the best to them. I, I Mike, I, on 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 the defenseman search, I just don't see anything going down. I honestly, I, I don't think Kyle Dubas um, is disregarding the need for a, a shutdown defenseman, somebody of a high stature, somebody who is uh, reputable and reliable, and who can help 
make some of the uh, younger defensemen with a, with a few uh, hiccups in their game better. I just don't see how it's going to happen. And by ex- contract, by extension, sorry, I, I I see Jake Gardner being with this team, and I perhaps he's going to be a guy that they're going to entertain a um, a new contract with, uh, warts and all. Mike, I just I just don't see how it's going to get done. I don't see who's out there, um, who who's well, readily available. And uh, then again, Kyle Dubas is a young man, and he, he's known for being um, uh, pretty pretty uh, innovative and interesting and, and a guy who can probably surprise us along the way. So we'll just have to wait and see if uh, he can pull a rabbit out of his hat. But at this point right now, I just think it looks like a status go. Well, I mean, there may be options that unfold at, at points during training camp or before like us Thanksgiving is always the, the line of demarcation when teams reevaluate where they are. And you know, the thing is, if you keep all that empty cap space, it gives you a lot of flexibility at the deadline, but we know that the prices increase at the deadline. So, you know, do they really want, I, th- I think there are opportunities still out there, you know, Justin Falk and Tanev and Jared Spurgeon, possibly and a few, a few other scenarios that probably nobody knows about based on whether a team is going to sign somebody. And I, I think the Leafs are still, they're waiting for their opportunity and maybe the opportunities are not there right now, but they might be in the near future and as for Gardner um, I, I was struck by uh, by James Myrtle's comments uh, on TSN 1050 uh, earlier this week when he said you know the, the Leafs management now is basically has a different philosophy and I agree with this they have a different philosophy than the Lula Amaral administration and the thing is this administration will not let a player like a Van Riemsdyk or a Bozak walk away for nothing. It's an asset. You have asset management. You either get something for them or you keep them, but you do not let them walk away yeah. from nothing. And that's why, like, if they can't get Gardner signed, if they think he's asking for too much or his positioning in terms of free agency is going to be too strong that he could demand $7 million a yeah. year or like that they're gonna move him so i i don't think that you know he's gonna he may start the year with them they may you know use him as sort of a a safety net for you know travis Dermott if travis Dermott isn't capable of moving up into the top four but i still think that gardner at is going to be traded or extended it's not going to be the middle ground jake gardner is a fantastic player and i know there are the faction out there who believe jake gardner is the greatest defenseman of all time but if, if that's indeed the case, then he's going to be talked about. And he's, his warts are going to be um, not, not, not only um, honed in on, exposed, mm-hmm. and, and criticized every which way, but he is going to be um, considered a pariah by many. And those who love him very much and all who want to pedestalize him and praise him are just going to have to understand that if you are at that level, you are going to be loved but you're also going to be criticized and i've always made the point about jake gardner we've done this ad nauseum mike we've spoken about jake gardner on this podcast over the life of the this this project four months or whatever more uh than any other player but look if he's going to be the big ticket defenseman back there and he is going to be the guy who puts up 60 points and rushes the puck and throws these long bomb passes and makes a few of them but also has a few picked off and then the, the the return is the puck ends up in your own net this guy is going to need support. The question is, where are you going to get that support from when you're spending a lot of the, your money on Jake Gardner? I'm sorry. He is not Nick Lidstrom, and he is not going to be able to carry a bunch of average defensemen to, to Stanley Cups and, and championships and solid def, uh, defensive uh, ideologies. And it's just, it's just not going to happen. So the, 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 
the alternative is to take his asset as, you know, being one of the, the top offensive defensemen in the league, spinning him around for something that you need and bringing up some of these Jake Gardner uh, 2.0s or Jake, the Jake Gardners in development and have them work with that asset that you brought back for Jake Gardner. But people just all, I think fans now, all we want to do is we just want to hero worship. We love these guys. We look at their stats. We just love them. I mean, there's a, there's an article right now about Austin Matthews and his genius. Like that's, that's great and all we love these guys. We want to buy their jerseys and stuff, but these guys have to fit into the process, into the puzzle of winning a championship because for guys like you and I, Mike, that is what it's all about, winning a championship. And that's what it really should be about. And if you can take Jake Gardner and bring back something uh, of similar stature, but of a, of a different mold, a different mindset, a different quality that you are desperately needing, you have to entertain it, Mike. And I don't care how much you love the guy. It's got to be or, done because team is more important than your love of one player. Last word to you. Or, or even somebody who's uh, under contract for longer who might not be as good of a defenseman as Jake yeah. But the, you know, the, it's, it's, it's asset management, and asset management is managing the cap, but it's also managing the type of players that you have. And I, like I said, I think that the organization seems to be um, developing the similar types of defensemen. You know, Riley's more offensive-minded, but he's, I think he's a much better two-way guy than Gardner yeah. is. Dermot promises to be mm-hmm. like Gardner in that respect. Lilligren, maybe a little bit less so. But, I mean, they have those types of guys. So it allows you to potentially move Gardner if you think that the price point that he's going to ask for uh, before free agency is just too much to pay. Mike, we'll do another podcast soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Norman. That's a wrap for another episode. Thank you so much for all of your support. We're pushing 1,200 subscribers on YouTube. It's an amazing thing. If you're listening and haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that button. We'll make it worth your while. You can get at us on social media, Twitter in particular, at I am Sports Heart for me, at Mike and Buffalo for Michael, and at the Leafs Convo for the podcast in general. What do you think of what we're doing? You want to criticize us? You want to laud us? You want to praise us? Go ahead and do it. You can reach us through our social media avenues. Also, you can leave your comments in the YouTube comment section. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rocking and rolling. So much great content to come in the near future and beyond. And really, it's all because of you. And, of course, Mr. Agello. For Mike, I'm Norman James. This is the Leafs Convo. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.